Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered. Great show. Really looking forward to today. Again, I want to thank everyone that's liked and subscribed to the podcast. If you haven't, please do so wherever you listen. Again, like and subscribe. So today, on this Friday, I'm going to be talking about some NFL news. Jimmy G, Steve Wilkes, Geno Smith. And then I get into some early predictions. Early Super Bowl predictions, division winners, all that. I'm really looking forward to it because, again, offseason has started. So I'm kind of just projecting based off this year. Maybe moves that will happen, uh, who I like to win division, Super Bowl, all that. So this is like an initial set. I'll do one once free agency is over, see which players get traded, uh, signed where, uh, do another set, and then I'll do one after the draft, uh, get one done, you know, all the new players on their new teams, see which teams filled, uh, what holes in their roster when, and then I'll do one sometime in the preseason, pretty close to when the actual season starts in September. But before I get into my predictions, a couple NFL things I want to talk about. The first is Jimmy Garoppolo. The Raiders quarterback, you know, maybe you forgot where he played there for a second. Where where'd Jimmy G play? The Niners? No. Uh, so two-game ban for a PED violation. Uh, Jimmy has said he's not going to appeal it. So the first two games, he will be serving his suspension, won't be able to play. And the Raiders are likely to release him now. Uh, before March 5th due to this, so, you know, there's no cap hit to him, and they don't have to pay him the $11 million or $12 million, however much it is. So the Raiders save money. Uh, you know, they benched him, and Antonio Pierce didn't go back to him, so it makes sense, you know, him not being on the roster, uh, moving forward with Aiden O'Connell. Uh, personally, if I'm... Um, the Raiders, I'm looking at drafting a quarterback because Aiden O'Connell is not the answer. But I think in the right system, again, Jimmy G can be a good quarterback. Now, he was in the perfect system, of course, in San Francisco. Got the team to a Super Bowl and to, you know, two NFC Championship game appearances. Um, so I think Jimmy G... Again, in the right system, can't take you to where you want to go. Do I think he's a winner, take you over the top? No. But in the right system, I think he can uh, do very good. Uh, so I think a backup role you know, will probably be good for him. But I do think there are some fits uh, for him. Uh, I think the number one fit to me that I look at is being Cincinnati backup quarterback. He's clearly... An upgrade over Browning. Browning had a couple good games, but most of all, it was you know dinking and dunking. It wasn't anything special. Uh, if I had a true backup quarterback, I think since he could have made a playoff push and beat the Steelers and won an extra game, Jimmy G is that guy. Because you look at Cincy, they got the weapons in Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Uh, again, there's a to me a big leap between Jimmy G and Joe Burrow, but to me, there's a decent backup gap between Jake Browning and Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo can come in in those moments, make some plays. So to me, I think that's the number one backup spot. Number two, Jacksonville Jaguars uh, behind Trevor Lawrence. Again, they got some playmakers, weapons, good running back. Like it because saw Trevor Lawrence go down for a couple games. 
and the backup left a lot to be desired. Again, Jacksonville win one of those games, and they probably make the playoffs, and they did it. So I think that's a good backup spot for him right there. Uh, another one is the Chargers. Uh, Easton Stick, absolutely abysmal last year, is a backup to Justin Herbert. Jimmy G, think would be a good backup again in that system as well. Tough physical team that wants to run the football, have weapons on the outside, they can use them. Again, Detroit, I also think would be a good spot um, as well. Um, again, for the reasons noted, scheme and playmaking ability, all that would be a good fit. You know, I think the Minnesota Vikings as well. Uh, he would be an upgrade again over the Josh Dobbs of the world, the Nick Mullins. The circus that they had there uh, would be a clear upgrade. I think Tampa Bay, very interesting spot uh, as well. So we'll see. And I, you know, I know the Rams signed Carson Wentz for a day, but I think the Rams as well. So I think there are spots out there for him to be a backup quarterback. And I don't think he has this big ego enough where it's going to be like, oh, does he want this spot? I think he can go up there, clipboard in hand, and be a good backup quarterback. If called upon, go out, rip it, and win some football games. I do think he can do that. Uh, and one thing that, you know, he likes to do is attack the middle of the field. Uh and, you know, throw down the field, uh, accurate, I think, right quarterback, backup system, he'd be a good fit. Next, 49ers fired Steve Wilkes after one year. And I'm fine with this. And a lot of people aren't fine. And I was one who was surprised by the hire initially. And again, this is why he was fired is because Kyle Shanahan and Steve Wilkes, their philosophies and styles didn't mesh and didn't fit. And I called that before the season. You know, Sala to D'Amico Ryans was pretty, um, you know, as smooth, seamless transition as you can get. I thought Steve Wilkes, uh, being this guy from Carolina, that's blitz-heavy, different type of packages, run different types of personnel, didn't mesh and fit with what the Niner system had, uh, it probably would have been better to promote within uh, and have somebody who ran that same system, keep him in there, then hire Steve Wilkes because the defense clearly dropped off. It's not like the talent left. They still had Nick Bosa and Warner and Armstead. They acquired Hargrave and Chase Young, and the defense was worse this year than it was any of the past two years. So, of course, uh, Steve Wilkes is going to quote-unquote get scapegoated first. Don't think he's a scapegoat. You know, obviously a lot of blame is going on Kyle Shanahan. But again, the philosophy is different. Steve Wilkes is a guy that likes to blitz 40% of the time. Uh, ticked it up with the Niners here. And that's what the Niners don't do. Kyle Shanahan called it out. Nick Bosa called it out. So again, it's just the fit. And there's nothing wrong with that. Some, uh, you know, and that's how it is in real jobs. You know, I've worked with people. In multiple jobs, good people, good workers at another company, they come to the company I work for, and guess what? The skill set doesn't translate, doesn't work, because why? Every company has different processes, different workflows. So again, it's going to be different. And that's how it was for Steve Wilkes in the 49ers job. Again, I think he'll get another job and be good, a good defensive coordinator or a specialist coach, but you know, with this particular fit, 
was never going to work, and it didn't. And to me, it's the right move by the Niners. Uh, it's, it's the right move. Now, Steve Wilkes, I think, redeemed himself. Had a great Super Bowl. Super Bowl game plan, terrific. Uh, just Patrick Mahomes was a touch better. And I think even if the Niners won, they still might fire Steve Wilkes. So I don't think that was even, uh, you know, I think that was still part of a question, even if they win. Then another thing as well before prediction time, Geno Smith. So what about Geno? Well, Seahawks kept him on the roster today. Uh, what that means is his $12.7 million on his contract. Uh, base salary for next season becomes fully guaranteed, so he collects that money. Today is guaranteed, you know, for injury time. Not injured, healthy. Good for him to go. So they keep Geno on the roster. A lot of people were thinking, hey, you cut him, you save that money. And then also a $10 million, you know, roster bonus due March 18th. So guess what? March 18th is the next sort of deadline for Geno Smith to see if he's still on the roster because of that $10 million bonus that'll be tied to Geno Smith. And I think this is the right move for the Seahawks. I think it was too early to cut Geno Smith and call it uh, with this new coaching staff, Mike McDonald, and still building a staff around him. Uh, You know, you don't know what you have in Geno Smith. You haven't really evaluated him. Yes, you might have seen tape. But you need to get in there yourself, get to know him, what he can do. And then, hey, if we draft a quarterback, is he willing to be a backup, you know, in his role, take a reduced pay cut? You have all these sort of factors. It's like you don't cut Geno Smith and have nobody. You don't love anybody in the draft. No quarterback on the market is a clear upgrade. So to me, for the Seahawks, right move by both sides. To wait out to March 18th because it, you'll then be after post combine, post free agency. So you'll kind of know you're set or no going in the draft. This is what we're going to get or this is our strategy. So do I think Geno Smith will be around March 18th? That I'm less sure of than I was him staying on the roster today. So we'll see. Uh, again, I think there's a lot of quarterbacks. I would preferably cut Geno Smith knowing you have Drew Locke back there, uh, who will probably be cheaper than Gino. If you can keep him for cheaper, definitely do it. But if not, you got the draft, and you got Drew Locke. Now, prediction time. And I do love this. I love making predictions. I do. So last year, my Super Bowl did not hit. Dallas Cowboys choked him a playoffs, even though we were one of the best regular season teams. Bengals, Joe Burrow got hurt, um, but again, I did get AFC East right. I did pick the Bills uh, to win the AFC East. Uh, in the North, I picked the Bengals, obviously, injury, but I did have a Ravens second, and I thought, you know, into that key pivotal matchup, Ravens would probably win the division. AFC South, I have the Jags. Obviously, that was a surprise for everyone. Texans won. Um, in AFC West, I did have the Chiefs. Uh, so in my AFC, you know, two officially, two out of a four. Uh, again, the Bengals injury one definitely derailed it. So there you have that. NFC East, I did save the Cowboys. North did save the Lions. South, I said the Saints, so got that one wrong. And West, I said the Niners. So three out of a four, a total of, you know, five out of eight divisions. Pretty good. Uh, pretty pleased with that. Uh Again, the Ravens won a little wonky there, but we'll see. So these are my initial projections 
subject to change uh, or predictions. I'm going to start Super Bowl. My early prediction, Super Bowl, Bengals versus Lions. Not taking on a winner yet, just telling you the matchup. I like Bengals-Lions initially. I think Joe Burrow is going to come back with a vengeance. And I think the Lions are the best team in the NFC do. Uh, nothing has changed my mind on that. Uh, like the like the Niners. I mean, like the Lions. Early predictions, AFC Championship game. Bengals-Chargers. So I, again, like the Bengals a lot. Liked them last year again. A lot of people talking about Joe Burrow and his injury. I think the hand will be fine, and I think this is good because it gives his calf everything time to heal. He'll be back stronger, better than ever, trying to prove something in this team and organization against the Chiefs. I think they come out more hungry than the Chiefs, and that's why I'm kind of picking them uh, in these spots. And in the other spot in the championship game, I've got the Chargers. And a lot of people think Chargers can improve, be a playoff team uh, this year. But I like them going all the way to the AFC Championship game. You look at Jim Harbaugh, what he did the first three years in um, San Francisco, NFC Championship or NFC Championship game, three straight games or three straight times. You look at what he did at Michigan, turned it around rather quickly, got to a couple big bowl games right away. Uh, Peach Bowl and Orange Bowl. Um, so he was used to turning it around quickly. I think he turns the Chargers around quickly with Justin Herbert and they make it to the AFC Championship game. Now, NFC Championship game, if I have the Lions in the Super Bowl, who do I have them playing? I have them playing the Rams right away uh, in that championship game. I think the Rams are another team like the Lions. Really, really good. Now, I was a big believer in the Lions, but not everybody was coming into this year. And I think same thing with the Rams this past year. I was also a believer in the Rams. I thought they were going to be second best in their division. I like the Rams a lot, and I still do. Matthew Stafford, if healthy, with the weapons around him, with Sean McVay, uh, this was the wild card matchup. Very good. I could see these two meeting in the NFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl. So those are my, those are those three predictions. Now I'll get into actual standing. Uh, predictions. So AFC East, start with that. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills to repeat uh, in the AFC East. So you look at this AFC East, it was dominated by Tom Brady, you know, here. And then 20 years, Tom Brady retires. Then it's, you know, been dominated by Josh Allen since then. And I think that continues. Uh, I think Buffalo Bills... A lot is made about them falling against the Chiefs and Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and kind of all this. There's not a better quarterback than Josh Allen in the division. I like Aaron Rodgers, excited for him to come back, but I think Buffalo Bills, it's just too much. I don't see anybody in the division owning or beating them to you know get to that mountaintop. They own Tua and the Dolphins, they just do. Uh, same with the Patriots as well, and I don't think the Patriots are that good. So I like the Bills to, again, repeat as division champions. Number two, though, I like the Jets. Uh, it was a toss-up here between Jets and Dolphins. I do see the Dolphins pulling back a bit. That leaves it for the Jets. I do think they're going to have a good draft. Joe Douglas can draft. I think Aaron Rodgers will have a bounce back here. Not a great, fantastic MVP year, but a solid year that catapults them to number two. And I think the schedule will be a little bit easier than last year. 
Last year, they just loaded it, thinking Aaron Rodgers in these primetime games. Think they get a little schedule relief this year. Number three, there I have the Miami Dolphins. I do think we're going to take a step back. It was encouraging to see Tua play all these games, uh, Tyreek in the conversations. But they are so Tyreek-reliant that he does get hurt midseason on, and he's not the same player dealing with ankle injuries, foot injuries. I don't see that happening. Jalen Waddle, same thing. In Tua, you know, you just don't respect his downfield throws. You respect Tyreek Hill burning you, but the actual, you know, blow over the top, don't expect the Dolphins to do that. And I didn't get firing Vic Vangio. Don't know if a defense improves. That's why I have him at three. And then Patriots have at four. Uh, just worst roster and maybe the AFC. That's why I have him at four. Don't see them doing much. AFC North. Now I have the Bengals there, back at number one. Retaking the clown, I should say clown, crown, uh, Joe Burrow is going to be back. I think, again, he's going to be on this vengeance mission hunter, return of a Jedi uh, mantra feeling to go out there, improve to the world. Yeah, I'm still a great quarterback in this league. Uh, they've got the team to do it. they got the weapons. I like uh, Bengals to win. That division. I uh, do like the Ravens to be good. I don't think they'll be as good as last year. Losing Mike McDonald hurts um, on the defensive side. But I do think the Ravens will still be two, be a playoff team. Uh, viable if Lamar J- Jackson stays healthy like he did this year. Again, they'll be a threat to win the division and to win playoff games. Because it's a you know very uh, athletic team to defend against with Lamar Jackson at the quarterback position. Three, I have the Cleveland Browns. Still, jury's out for them at the quarterback. But Kevin Stefanski, can't deny, is a fantastic coach. Was great this year, won coach of the year. Um, you hope he turns around to Sean Watson. Don't know about that. Uh, but, you know, Kevin Stefanski, a, a phenomenal coach. Then I've got number four. I've got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh don't know what they're going to do at quarterback, you know, what their plan is. I think Mike Tomlin is in the Steelers are fine with, I shouldn't say the fans, but the organization is fine with 9-8, and 10-7 and seven records. Maintaining the, haven't had a losing, you know, playoff or haven't had a losing season. Very attached to that, but not attached to offense and winning football games in the playoffs. It's, oh, it's nice to get in the playoffs. They've been in a one-and-done for a long time now. A long time it feels like they can't win a playoff game. I don't know when they win a playoff game next. Don't think they do so next year. AFC South. This one might surprise you all. I got the Colts winning this division. I think a full year of Anthony Richardson with Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen already proved how good of a coach he is with Gardner Minshew, taking them to basically a playoff game and Gardner Minshew you know, missed the pass, but it was also on the back and the coach. Why is Jonathan Taylor? So all these factors, I think they grow and learn. And I think the Colts take the division next year. They've shown to be formidable. And again, I think Steichen is a good coach. That leaves number two, the Jaguars. I think they're a team around that 9-8 and eight mark that stays around that maybe 10-7. and seven. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is, you know, this guy that we can put in a top five conversation with Allen, Herbert, Burrow, Mahomes, Rodgers, don't think we can do that. Uh, 
that he'll ever be like that. But I still think this is a good player, good coach, and Doug Peterson, good scheme. Now, number three, I have the Houston Texans pulling back a bit. Uh, you know, really took them by storm last year. But, you know, there is this sophomore slump sort of thing. I do think C.J. Stroud putting up great tape last year. Do think he'll come back to earth just a little bit. Now, he's the last team, Tennessee Titans. Uh, obviously, I think, I think they're going to be bad. Challenge, I think, the Patriots again. Worst record in the AFC. Now the last division of AFC, AFC West. Number one, Kansas City Chiefs. They are now officially a dynasty. Patriot watch where it's, you got to see it to believe it in terms of someone beating them uh, in their own division. Uh, that's why I have them at one. I believe if Travis Kelsey Mahomes, they'll still find a way to win the division. Number two, I got the LA Chargers. I think with Harbaugh, Herbert, they're going to have a big year. Jump the teams in the AFC West. Three, Denver Broncos. Sean Payton, I think, finds his quarterback in the draft. Uh, make some improvements from a team last year, but it'll still be a year away with the young team. I like Broncos at three. And lastly, Raiders at four. Rumblings of them not drafting a quarterback. Don't like that. Aiden O'Connell, AP, is a defensive-minded head coach. Uh, got to keep them at Got to keep them at four. Uh, competitive division though next year. Now let's go to the NFC. NFC East, another surprising one to join my AFC South surprising Colts. And I've been hinting at this for a while in my podcast. Number one, I think the Commanders are one of the divisions. So historically, team hasn't been a repeat champion in 20 years. And I think Dan Quinn is a good coach. Maybe not an excellent elite coach, but I think he's going to get the defense right. They got Cliff Kingsbury, and I think he'll instill a good offensive attack with the quarterback they draft. Most cap space to spend on weapons. Watch out for the commanders next year. Number two, I have the Cowboys. I have the Cowboys pulling back a bit. Why they lose Dan Quinn? Hire Mike Zimmer, who to me is not an equal replacement, is a little bit less of it a replacement there. Run a different scheme, be different, be a little worse. And I think teams now have tape on how to defend the Cowboys. It's shut down C.D. Lamb. Just do that. They don't have other weapons. And Tony Pollard is not a viable back. Number three, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, finished terribly. Uh, still don't know about the return of Kelsey or other players like you know Graham or Fletcher Cox. Jury's still out on them retiring or not. Nothing's official on any of those players. But when you end the season so poorly, Jalen Hurts didn't look great. Uh, I've got a hard time believing in you the following year. But one thing I can agree on with probably most people, Giants are going to finish dead last in the division. Brian Dable, you're great, but you milked all the, or I shouldn't say, you juiced all the juice out of that lemon, Daniel Jones, in that first year with him starting. He's not good. He's not that guy. He'll be last. This team will be last. NFC North. Uh, this is one where I have a division state of saying don't like it at all. Uh, Detroit Lions, of course, I have them repeating, is NFC North champions. Uh, I think they're only going to get better through the draft and the free agency. Don't think they're going to lose any key players. This is going to be a very good team returning Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn. Uh, I think that loss is going to propel them again to the Super Bowl. Number two, Green Bay Packers. 
Packers are here too. Jordan Love was fantastic. Uh, great weapons. Matt LaFleur, excellent-minded head coach. You know, there was this discussion. Does Matt LaFleur know what he's doing a couple of years ago, even last year? Does he know what he's doing? Uh, you know, it looked like it was Aaron Rodgers' show. This year proved Matt LaFleur knows how to run an offense. Congrats to him. It was great watching. Packers think they'll be a playoff team again next year. Three, Vikings. Uh, quarterback, you know, Leary situation there. Justin Jefferson contract situation, another discussion point. Uh, I think Kevin O'Connell is a good coach, but they just don't have the rosters that Packers or Lions do. You need players to play. They don't have the players, and to me, there's not, you know, to me, uh, LaFleur and Campbell are better coaches. Lastly, the Bears don't love the retention of Matt Eberflus, even though they have a number one pick. Likely be Caleb Williams, just don't love the Bears at all. Uh, anything they've done in really my lifetime. Uh, so I'm keeping them down at four. NFC South. I think if they keep Baker Mayfield, they win the division again, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, if they keep Mike Evans, they run it back. This will be a good group, and I don't see anybody below them overtaking them. A uh, close one I had maybe to overtaking them, number two, the Falcons. I think they'll be a good team. I think they'll utilize the stars and Pitts and London and Bijan better than Arthur Smith did. Uh, so I like the Falcons at number two, uh, you know, in this projection. Number three, New Orleans Saints. Don't love Derek Carr. Don't love Dennis Allen. Is Kamara a cat casualty? Uh, just don't love the state of this organization. That's why I have them at three. And maybe still the worst team next year, Carolina Panthers. I've got dead last in NFC South. Lastly, NFC West. Niners reign is done for right now. I've got the Rams winning the NFC West. I think Matthew Stafford will be healthy. He'll be great. Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, Kyron Williams. Young offensive talent, good offensive line. Again, defense with Aaron Donald. Can there be other players that step up? I think they'll be in the draft for agency. I like the Rams winning the division next year. That means number two, I got the Niners. I have them dropping down a bit. I think Brock Purdy will not be as good as last year. Uh, you've seen you get pressure up the middle on him. Again, that's a lot with a lot of quarterbacks, but Brock Purdy is not as athletic. Is a Josh Allen or other quarterback, so I think he takes a step back and the team does. Number three, I have the Seahawks. Still interesting quarterback, dynamic, new head coach. Uh, we'll see how that all plays out, but I do have the Seahawks at three. And the Cardinals again at four. Don't love Jonathan Gannon, the head coach. Kyler Murray will have the whole full season, but I don't think he's this game-changer elevator uh, in the room. So those are my NFC, AFC standing predictions. Uh, Again, just the first set of four. So I'll be sure to update you guys after free agency, draft, all that. The last thing I want to wrap up with is college football. So a lot of people you know, right now are writing off uh, Michigan and uh, Alabama, you know, because of the new head coaches. Those are kind of the two biggest things, but the SP plus rankings, uh, which is what I base a lot of my college football knowledge and statistics and rankings of, you know, show, you know, how good a team is, you know, metric wise and all that. So last year when Michigan was number one, 
it just kind of backed up the eye test. What it does is it really back up the eye test. Like, oh, you know, this team looks good. Oh, they are good. Like, both things can align. Sometimes it's like, uh, you know, you don't really have iffy things. It's like, oh, they look good. They are good. Things like that. So, you know, they kind of based this projection on the returning production and recruiting history. So Georgia and Ohio State are clear-cut number ones. And I agree if, you know, I'm not doing, you know, pre-stuff for college football like I do NFL. But my early preseason prediction is Georgia-Ohio State National Championship. I I have Georgia winning. I do think they're returning a lot of good players. Carson Beck. And they're going to be on a mission after, I think, being snubbed last year. And to Ohio State. Ohio State is really forming the Avengers. They're out there getting quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, coaches. They're trying to do the best they can. However, Ryan Day, don't love it. Don't love him. Uh, again, I'm a Michigan guy, but I do have Georgia, Ohio State there. But where they have Michigan and Alabama are, are, are five and six. So the only teams they have better are Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, Texas. Now, a lot of people, again, are still talking about those four. I do think those are the four best teams. But Everybody, you know, the way too early rankings. Michigan at like 13, Alabama at like 9 or 10. Not a lot of love for those teams. Again, Alabama, Kalen DeBoer just went to a national championship with Washington. Yes, they lost some players, but a good coach. Uh, I think will still have, you still have Jalen Milrow, obviously, and other great players. Michigan retained Sharon Moore and haven't lost really any impact player outside of Keon Sav today to the transfer portal. Built a great defensive staff with Wink Martindale and uh, a couple other coaches from NFL and college for a good defensive grouping. And they're returning a lot of production. Will Johnson, Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, Josiah Stewart, Derek Moore, uh, Makari Page, uh, Rod Moore. This defense still going to be really, really good. Offense is the biggest question, and that's where SP Plus you know, what has this? They have them ranked 32 offense, two defense. Offense does worry me a little bit. You know, I love Orgy and, you know, Jaden Daniels, the guy they got. But how viable are we going to be when the time comes this year? How is this offense going to shift? That, to me, is the biggest question. But it's going to be exciting. But don't count out Michigan Alabama. These two teams will still make the 12-team playoff next year. Bet on that. This has been Unbothered. Hope you all have a great Friday. Bye, everybody.